found that in order to get full coverage on YouTube, you have to have copyright free music because I'm all about getting that bag. You cannot get monetized. If you have anything that resembles possible copyright infringement. Therefore, I had to change my impro, intro. Hey y'all, this is 2022, a new year, a new time for podcasting. And I had to get a funky beat to basically express what I want to put out in the atmosphere. And this is Tenfro. I'm back, back, back again. I'm a social critic, thought leader, but I'm more reclusive than cranky. But I want to read, watch, cook, and just share all things that make me happy. My wish is that this increases the curiosity of the listening audience to come back for more and to share with friends. I want one million unique listeners and downloads. I want creative, quality Millie to be known around the world. Won't he do it? Yes, he will. So if you're listening to me on YouTube, click subscribe. Tip a sister. And I just want to thank you guys for listening. And enjoy and get your bop on. Copyright free. to terms with the limits as a indie podcaster is what I'm going to start calling myself has. I received notification from Anchor FM about a possible copyright infringement and I'm going to be taking down one of my podcasts because I used a couple of bars from Lizzo's um, and Big Fridia's track and you can't use meaningful or limited use with the, even with a license. If somebody comes up with a copyright claim and I have that and I use that content, I could actually be fined or actually kicked off platforms. It's um, annoying, but I'm going to go ahead and take down the entire podcast it's still up for listening. It's one of my 12 podcasts of Christmas, which is available for immediate streaming on um, Podbeam or wherever else, Applecast or wherever you listen um, to podcasts. But I'm doing this particular section because the final episode, and, I, and the reason why I mention it is because I was really looking forward to figuring out how to uh, hook up my album, excuse me, my my um, computer to my Bluetooth to be able to play um, some of the albums that I've inherited from my father. He has it a pretty. He was a DJ, recently deceased, um, and he was a DJ. And I was trying to figure out how I was going to be able. Um, to play 
the music for the podcast and on my Bluetooth enabled uh, turntable. But it's it's a lot. I am going to have to start doing the research of how I, what do I need to do to get the licenses or permission to play all of this music, you know, and what is the cost? Wouldn't it be crazy if the inheritance of money that I'm inheriting from my father actually finances that part of the show? I just want to do it legally so I can have, if I have rights to use the music, I won't have to worry about people, platforms like Anchor or even Spotify or YouTube coming for me um, to and getting kicked off those platforms. I want that, if that is his legacy and even though he can't be here to be the DJ, at least I can do it the right way. And everybody gets their bag, you know. I don't want to deny anybody else by illegal uses of music. So that's what I'm going to be researching. But it does put a little bit of a dent into my daily um, live shows because I want um, to be able to publish new uh, podcasts and also um, utilize the music. That's what's one of the things that is different than mine. A lot of podcasts, with the exception of Black Guy Who Tips, he gets the music mixed for him, and he has like little riffs and stuff that he includes in his show, but I don't know what he has done to be able to get the permission to do that, and he's at, I'm sure he's paid um, uh, uh, for the editing and the mixing if he doesn't do it himself. So. This particular episode, now I'm getting off of that tip. My glow up is for real, y'all. I'm at over almost close to 12,000 downloads and counting um, at the time of me just recording this section of the podcast. Um, And I'm hopeful by, again, on Sunday, I would have had met that and exceeded it. I really want to get to... A possible somewhere between thirty to fifty thousand downloads, to, just to become noticed by advertisers, and I just want to get my bag. I think I have a unique perspective. I think my podcast would be is integral to just further further understanding further understanding what is happening in a popular culture from a unique perspective um, and also encouraging other people to create. That's what I, what I find in other podcasts. Um, and it, it encourages me or I use it as like a muse um, to create my own information. Um, I heard or I was listening to Demetria L. Lucas's podcast uh, earlier today um, as her, she just started to move to Ghana and there's all these great things that are happening in Africa discovering a new island with beautiful beaches right off of the coast of Ghana so you have to fly into Accra to be able to get to this island um, and I'm going to have to listen to it again um, to um, to get um, the name of it I'll actually include that episode from Spotify um, in my notes because her just 
following her journey um, as she transitions from America to Ghana, I find fascinating. You can also follow her on uh, Instagram uh, where her dear mom letters. And she's just another African-American woman just doing the thing. I find it, she basically just, she's a creative and she goes to, was going to Ghana for a number of years, had been in, moved from New York to LA and then moved to Accra. And she is doing it. And and I am encouraged in her journey and actually how the how her podcast is structured has uh, inspired me to not mimic, but also to create my podcast similarly. Except mine is more nerdy and I'm mostly focused on books. But also I'm into this ratchet TV and other things that affect my TV watching and uh, things on insurance, um, on um, the news, which I don't consider news. I call it um, trigger, daily triggers is what I'm going to start to call that. They, the only way that they seem that they are focused on keeping everybody in a state of panic. So what kind of news stories and what kind of characters can they present um, to get the ratings? Because they have a job to do too, but it's just that. And they have figured by gloom and doom, anxiety provoking, anxiety provoking uh, stories are what's gonna keep people in tune. But I wanna counter that. I wanna just point out the fallacy of that and give them side eyes and donkeys because I can't keep rolling on 20. I, that state of anxiety where it's unfocused is just what not, it's not how I wanna live and what I wanna do. So I've been avoiding the news recently. I also am concerned that my major concern is for my own mental health status. That's what I have to avoid. But I'm going to call BS on a lot of things. The only thing I'm going to report for like a donkeyism and the Trumpers and um, what information, classified information he took back to his crib, what looks like justice for me in that on that storyline is he and his, as I said, and his coked out sons getting, being led away in handcuffs. That's what justice looks like to me. I'm tired of seeing his crooked weave. So instead of, and that's triggering to me. So I avoid that with all um, certainty. Also, as we wind down the settling of my father's estate, I'm learning a lot of stuff. I'm learning a lot about uh, how to not to sell or how to sell boats. Um, my father bought Cliff's Dream One is what, or two, because he had a little rowboat before, but bought that boat back in 92, 93. Injured his back and it sat um, fallow for a number of years in a relative's yard. And people, use scams and I I can actually detect a scam 
almost from a mile away because unbeknownst to most people, back in 2016, when I was transitioning from one job to a corporate job to another or back to medicine, I was scammed. And it was at the beginnings of the IRS uh, scams. Um, and this is just for you guys to know. The IRS doesn't need your help in collecting their funds. And they have a capability for you to pay them cash and other means, and they don't need Apple gift cards. I'll put that out there, because that's how I got hit for almost two Gs. So with that said, people also are using elaborate scams to for boats and other used um, services. Um, they will mail you a check, um, and it's usually uh, still, it looks like a fraud, it, it looks like, it feels like a real cashier's check, but the bitch is fraudulent. Um, they say bank clearance to give a little bit of extra, and you are on the hook for a bad check. And if you keep trying to pass this shit off, you get responsible for it, and they are not responsible for it. And they could come and claim your boats or your services, and you are just, you're basically left in the lurch. So I have gotten hit up by three different people on uh, boat trader services. Just be aware. Never take a uh, cashier's check this is budget boats in Chesapeake. Matt, shout out to Glenn and them over there. Don't take funds by phone, by cashier's check. Um, it is a scam. Do only local sellers or cash because that is the only way. Cohort cash or a local dealer is the only way that you are going to move merchandise. I, I'm learning this and also the fallacy of holding on to things after they become, fall into such disrepair that you're gonna to have to accept so much less and actually coming to terms with that is one of the things that I'm also learning. Uh, from this experience with my um, my father uh, and his settlement of his estate and the usage of why you need an estate's attorney, why you should have your uh, last wishes in order, not just a will, medical power of attorney or general power and advanced directive. All of those things, having them in line so you won't leave chaos to the family members that are left to deal with this stuff because it can throw a kink in your vacation plans and just their lives. And that's probably the most selfish thing that you can do is leave your family in chaos because having to reconstruct finances and find out who is not the beneficiary stuff and it's just very um, aggravating from a lot of respect. So with that said, For that, with that said, um, that's how I'm going to leave this part. My trials and tribulations with the state, non-estate planning, and people trying to scam you even in your time of bereavement. So I realize I watch a lot of, a lot of garbage TV. And 
I wish I had the time and the inclination to just continue to read what I want to read. I'm still listening on Audible to Dreams from My Father, and I vacillate between regrets and not regrets. And as we spin down my father's estate, I always wonder, I have no idea what his dreams were. His boat was named Cliff's Dream, but what did he mean about that? Was he happy when he was fishing? I can only imagine. I only know about him leaving me on a hook for eight G's and really not being there as I was growing up and me being in fear. But what I also know is for me to move on to my second episode, I can't keep blaming him for stuff he and for things that weren't poured into him. How can you continue to blame people for what they didn't have or what they weren't equipped with? I can't blame his sociopath mother. I can't blame his father who died before he was of age and remembering. I can't blame any of that. I can only blame I can only blame myself for not making the decision to forgive and keep it pushing. And that's where I am. And I think when I listen to President Barack Obama's book, he only can glean from his father what his father had to give. If his father didn't have to give, he was fortunate enough, just like the other councilmen that I read previous to this, he can only glean and have them represent what they could give. And everything else, they were lucky to get it from someone else. They recognized what their deficits were. They sought out or were gifted what those deficits were from a personality standpoint. And that's how they were able to become the brilliant and strong people that they were. But they didn't continue to blame their fathers or their father's absence or presence for that. They basically accepted them for what they were and forgave them for what they weren't. And they made a concerted effort to become better than that. And I think that's the whole point of the book. What Don't you think? They The fathers may have had dreams that were thoughted, but that shouldn't keep the children from become greater than that, even to the father's chagrin. The councilman, Barack Obama, and my father were, their lives were cut short before we could actually fully realize their dreams. However, that shouldn't stop us from becoming the greatest version of ourselves. And just because if we don't become the greatest version of ourselves, that's on us, but it's not on dead people. And that's what I would prefer and want for people to take away from that. And on to Ratchet TV. I watch a whole bunch of stupid TV. And I'm going to do a whole section on P-Valley. But there's another TV show which is... 
gonna have to go back to it because it is freaking hysterical to me. It's called, it's a hateful person. Oh, why doesn't it show it? I can't, I don't understand what's going on. Oh, <laughs> it's not killer cases or critter fixers. It's everything is trash. And just FYI, sweet potato bagels with a collard green smear is not a thing. But this show is a thing, and you should basically stream it. Um, I don't. I think it comes on. Um, where does everything is trash come on? I don't. Oh my god! It is like um, the stepsister for Issa Rae's uh, Insecure, and I'm so here for it. This person is so unapologetically a thought. She makes no apologies for her craziness. It's on free form. And this past week, rom-coms are mostly trash. Phoebe attempts to set Michael up with Malika, but Phoebe ends up trying to hook up with Mal Michael because she saw him when his he dropped trowel while they were watching a rom-com and they end up not hooking up. And then Malika tries to go back with an ex-boyfriend who ends up being trash. And that's and he ends up with the soul food bagel place, which is not a thing because none of what they said sounded good, but it made me absolutely laugh out loud like a donkey and, and scared my dog. That's how good it was. So navigate to Hulu. You can see it um, because it's um, posted on Freeform, but I've watched this first season and it has brought me joy. Sometimes I'm looking at this girl like, I hope, hopefully you're not pulling the hoodie. I hope you're taking the proper precautions because it would be really sad if you caught HIV or herpes because those things still exist in spite of all these people randomly screwing people. Those things still exist. But that show is the top of my ratchet TV dropping. And then there's P-Valley, which deserves its whole other uh, breakout session. Just saying. I'm having to start to put the news as part of my ratchet TV watching. And this is under COVID shenanery. But um, I have found out the more I do my podcast and I continue my glow up, I'm over 12,000 downloads and counting, that people, you you become, you get a, become a target on your back, and I'm learning and learning and learning as far as my podcast. Let's check. I have to check something. I don't even know my next set of... Um, badges 
as it applies um, to my podcast. Um, I, I think the next stage, they, it goes from 5,000 to 10,000 to 20,000. And I think I need to be closer to 50,000 before even the way they've set it, set it up that you don't even get noticed by um, the advertisers. I'm going to double check something else, ads, marketplace. Um, No, I just, there are no ads. Can't really promote it until I get 500 streams. They make it very, very difficult on this platform to... Get streams, but you just keep plugging away. Um, I'm going to continue to do what I do and continue to give the content that people like to hear. Um, that's what I do. So maybe one day, hopefully soon in the next several weeks, um, I'll be able to get the streams that I want. Also, furthermore, um, on back to Brad to TV watching, I'm the news. To, is becoming for me um, ratchet TV because it's like I can't um, trust anything that they say but it's I basically say la vie I'm actually just really happy um, of where I sit and I can filter it out like I was able to watch all of Dr. Pimple Popper and I don't think another episode of Pops or whatever she does is a sideshow. I think the one last week was probably the last one for this season. Um, this week was interesting. But one of the things that I did notice as far as COVID, people are still acting like COVID doesn't exist. I'm getting ready to go on the road and it's like to mask up or not to mask up. I'm going to be packing microband and hand sanitizer and sprays because I know I'm going to need to stop and pee along the way. But people are nasty. There's monkeypox as well as um, COVID. And there's the biggest thing in the news now is the CDC shakeup how they say there's going to be a big CD shake out, out with the dysfunctional and in with what? We've seen the practical function of the CDC was application of data and being able to be nimble enough to respond to threats of against the public health. But then in the last, the previous administration, we saw an erosion of that agency where people were fired and people held on would do that jackass's bidding just to keep their job instead of doing their job. And then they basically says after they did the shenanigans and dismantle it, then they come back and say, see, um, it doesn't work. Well, it doesn't work because you jack- y'all jacked it up by cutting, uh, um, cutting funding and firing people and getting cronies and stupid people in there that will be interested in holding on to the position, but not true, again, not doing the job. 
I can't, I don't understand, or I'm not really sure about how this is all going to shake down, but I'll keep you posted as information comes available. But y'all can't, meaning Republicans and conservatives, you can't have it both ways. You can't do that dirt and then say, oh yeah, by the way, I am going to need to, I'm going to still dismantle it all. I think that is crazy and a fallacy. And y'all are going to pay for it. I think this next part of the administration and this next iteration of Congress is going to be a trip. And a lot of people, and there's going, I'm going to have to sit this one out. I love where I live, but I may have to go overseas and just watch from afar because some shenanigans are getting ready to go down as far as government and agencies and public health, etc. Now, dreams, I'm actually going to probably discuss this uh, book from Forever POTUS, Barack Obama, probably a couple of more times and then I'm going to wind it up because it is a long listen. I will be on the road 10 hours um, over the weekend going back to Virginia Beach as I start my part um, PTO. So I'll probably finally finish listening to it and then start listening to Kevin Hart and Charlemagne the Gods the summer of 1985 following up because that promises to be an interesting audible documentary. I'm wondering how that's going to go, but what I'm did get from this recent portion of dreams is even in spite of a lack of relationship with his own father he didn't use that as an excuse for anything it was I don't think he even saw it as an excuse it he worked on being that role model strong role model what did that mean um finding out what the true needs of people are and advocating as best to the best of his ability. I think his upbringing and his uh, biracialness, but more so his environment and his upbringing, being allowed to fail, push to succeed, made him choose and be very good at being a political organizer starting in the south side of Chicago and then onto the national and international stage. He relates a story or the his his half sister uh, told him a story fill in the blanks about his father because she was raised with him and he was not. He, she told him about a time where he was really high up in the government and then he ran afoul of the then president of Kenya and then he was stripped of his government position, wealth, and he dealt with it by becoming a raging alcoholic. And that led to the first accident that was actually near fatal for him. And he would eventually die in a car accident before he could meet up with him. But even before his death, she was estranged from him because 
of the turmoil in his life and he basically gave away money instead of feeding his kids just to keep up appearances and he was very meaning and abusive to them and I don't think she ever recovered from that but and she basically related that experience in marriage with the horrible relationship she had with her father and his relationship with her mother she was using it as an excuse of why she didn't want to enter into a long-term relationship with a German guy not just because it was be interracial but it was she used it as an excuse and that lack of relationship an abusive relationship as an excuse not to even try and I'm not quite sure because I haven't finished listening to this section yet I'm not sure if Barack Obama puts President Obama puts those two together but I don't see him using that as an excuse or why she shouldn't try if anything she should try harder and do the opposite and try to make it work but also, if it does, if the relationship does serve her for positivity and they grow together, that makes it worth it. Also, knowing and getting help when you don't know what is a healthy relationship. I'm going to be reading, or if I can find it, the Psychology Today article about why men can't find good women or be in a relationship because they just inherently are not healthy and that may be one of the things if you recognize that there's something wrong in your personality in your social ability or or your disability to relate to someone else then you need to do the work to be able to become a strong whole person before you try to enter in a relationship. Never seek a relationship to be whole. You have to be whole to be in a healthy relationship. And if you recognize that, cool. And and if you recognize that you aren't and you got work to do, it is the illness is on you to do the work and not the illness on whoever you hook up with to complete you. You got to complete yourself. It's always about a balance. And also, I'm going to round this up about talking about the finishing on P-Valley. I've also realized that I didn't realize until I got dinged with it again that... Stop licking me. That's my crazy dog. <laughs> um, I like to play music. Um, especially like seven pounds of pressure, but I got dinged from a, a podcast episode using Lizzo and Big Fredia's uh, music in my podcast. And you run up against all copyright uh violations if you don't have the appropriate licensing. And I'm doing the research about synchronization licensing and ASCAP music licensing because I'm tired of running up foul and I want to do it right so I won't get dinged and then I won't something very simple as that and not getting because I 
see this podcast or similar becoming a source of income. And I can't get dinged up and hemmed up on things that make no sense. You know what I mean? So that's why I'm not playing any music on this portion of the podcast for that very reason. And I got to be careful when I do my remixing, introductions, etc., that I don't run up a file of copyright infringement. So getting my licensing pieces it together before I play any more music. So, and I don't think it's going to be in enough time before next week when I'm on vacation. I'm going to have to rethink how I'm going to be doing my live, what I'm going to be doing during my live broadcast. But P-Valley, the finale. Um, it... The actual third season, if it is approved and it looks like it will be, is not coming back until August of 2023. But I'll be commenting on um, character arcs and things intermittently because that's 12 months away. I think the whole, both seasons are an indictment of all of the isms. Um, indictment of racism, classism, colorism, hypercapitalism, even hypermasculinism. Uh, the look, look at Seven Pounds of Pressure and Mercedes' uh, performance. Um, when you got all of those things, is why Mercedes and the Pink survive. It's a representation of a microcosm of the fringe of society that had to exist because of rampant racism and economic um, and health care disparities that are rampant in our community. Also, it's a straight-up indictment of the black church and how the church, a hypocritical way that they look at sex workers or dancers and how much all of their... the sex workers and of the dancers how much they prop up the fringe of our community or the community in general through uh, payments to churches beauty supplies, nail shops food, child care as her role in, this is the character Mercedes, as her role um, also in the pink evolves her role um, in her daughter's life is evolved why the step while the stepmother is in rehab and how is she able to go to rehab I'm wondering if Mercedes is supporting that or just supporting of her 14 now able to be a mother to this 14 year old half grown child I'm wondering if she's I don't think she's going to make the mistake of being trying to be her friend, but they're going to have to figure out because she's missed a lot. And as I said, this girl just had an abortion. She's already sexually active. She actually has a lot more grown up problems. And because she's been thrust into a new stage of her life. Also, the role of Lil Murder and his role in Uncle Clifford's, how are they going to navigate all of that? Because it's not over. If anything, it's just beginning. And he could not only have a, a target on his back 
anyone that associates with him since he killed Pico is also going to be a target as far as gang retaliation. And again, how are they going to make that money money now that the uh, corporation doesn't need promised land does not need the pink's property are they going to be allowed to make and continue the now that um that um autumn sky lakeisha savage fenty has stolen her money is she going to be behind the eight ball again or is Lil Murder going to be able to, or Lil Murder as well as Mercedes going to be able to float her alone, become partners um, to allow the pink next, help write the pink's next chapter? Because they're going to need to make some changes. Because the day of the gritty booty bar, I think is coming to an end as they're going to have to reinvent themselves Um as this next iteration of when the promised land people come, then comes um, the P possible, the PGA. Um, but when that real money comes and people want them to hide, how are they going to, is it going to change from a upstanding gentleman's bar or a lounge? Are they going to be allowed to exist right under the noses of all of that money? And how is, and I'm also how is the Delta devoted? They're just another high class. Um, it's not a really fr a fraternity. They're no better than Hurt, Silly, Hurt City Hustlers or CTS. I mean, or CTC. It's more than colors with them, but they are just as gangster um, and robber baron just like them. I think they're going to come back. I'm wondering how Diamond is going to be able to come back from his knifing. I don't think, I think um, Big Booty, Big Bone, her time is coming to an end. Because her role in Diamond's demise is not going to be taken kindly. You don't go against and draw a gun on Framley. And not only did they draw a gun, they gonna torture this brother and they knifed him. That's big time. I, I feel almost sorry for them. You are my sunshine, my only sunshine. You make me happy when the guy's gray. You never know, dear, how much I love you. Please don't take my sunshine away. I don't know if you can actually hear. I always, well, let me back up. I actually always uh, endeavor to present or to have my voice reflect my happiness. I am, and I know my day is going to start out great if I am singing. Off key as it may be, it's still a lot of fun. Uh, to do my podcast still. And look at me. I'm 10,000 episodes downloaded and count and counting. I'm looking forward to the first day where I can actually start receiving requests for more um, from adv advertisers 
and I can get to the point where I actually will start getting paid um, over $2,000 a year just for uh, my podcast. I'm excited about the potential um, income um, and this moving from a hobby to actually a paid gig. Um, I'll do this all day long. I can talk and talk and there's so many interesting things that I can say or think about. Um, And I would like to share it with the public. I think I have a unique perspective that it needs to go out there and I hope fully it will encourage others. And if you don't know, now you know. This is Tennessee Fro broadcasting from Forest Avenue. Um, And this is my weekly publication of Quark's Bar, what people will not only talk about in a deep space, non-space station, but also just in general, if I actually would like to talk to people. But anyways, that's just me. And um, this is greatly becoming probably one of my favorite parts of the episode where I talk about other usual shenanigans. So here we go. Um, that is uh, prelude to donkey of the day. Um, and this is not so much, and it's a collective donkeyness seems like that's going on. I first heard about this on another podcast, and I just think that uh, certain superstars we need to take be taken, the public needs to be taken out of y'all group chat. We're, um, I don't need to know everything. For example, uh, K-Fed of famous or infamous marriage to Britney Spears, who just uh, was released from a multi-year conservatorship where she was mismanaged by uh, her own father. And it seems like she's still subject to um, a lot of scrutiny even though she hasn't even released an album in years she hasn't been she stopped performing in protest of the conservatorship but she's still living her best life semi-nude post on instagram of her twirling um but also her irrelevant ex-husband k-fed of a failed rapper fame uh backup dancer not extraordinaire um he has opened up warfare on her for alleged mistreatment of his jackasses of teenage sons. And I say that because that's how they seem to present themselves. And Britney's response to them is just like every country ass mama I know of. How you gonna come to a house that she pays for and then won't talk to her or won't visit with her, but they just being jackass teenagers. And then what is the purpose of your irrelevant ex-husband posting it on the internet? Like, we care. Um, And we're probably gonna side with the mama or not with either one of y'all. We don't need to be in that group chat. And if you just want to show her 50 million Instagram followers, just how irrelevant you are, then that's all that did. And it's 
it's embarrassing for you and it's in it because it all it looks like is a ploy for you to get clout and again misusing her clout so you can have some relevancy i think it's deplorable and that's why i'm naming you donkey of the day as well as the either the lawmakers and every chump supporter and chump himself you are willing to put agents life on the line and all of these crazy threats just because you want to stay relevant and you try and you're protecting somebody that's break literally is breaking the law and for uh, people doing their job i think and y'all trying to flip the script about defund the police and this other nonsense. Wait a minute. No, this is not. They didn't bust in on him and cap him in his bed. They basically, he broke the law when he removed those records from the White House, didn't secure them, and then he had his lawyers lie about it. That is jackassery donkiness on a whole other level. And the law states if it, and he literally broke the law. Giuliani, literally, there's allegations and probably proof that that whole Georgia uh, voting machine tampering was instigated by his inner circle. They're coming for him too. All they still, the U US Justice Department's like, watch this, watch this, because there is so much bending the law and outright breaking the law that surrounded four years. And we had so many people willing to put their reputations on the line um, and in order to appease someone that did not need to be appeased and were willing to do all of these things for a sociopath. It goes back to that. A sociopath not only has disrespect for the law or because the laws don't apply for them, they only uh, go crazy when they get caught. And they may apologize for it, but they don't really mean it because they just mad that they actually got caught. And why are you applying rules to me when I don't follow the rules? That is the whole problem right there. So big donkey to K-Fed, every Trump supporter and Rudy Giuliani, because all of y'all have made the collective donkiness of the week. And I believe this is also the album that has been in dispute after the Grammys awarded the best reggae album to some white boys from Virginia instead of uh, Sean Paul and the queen of reggaeton, this chick, Spice. What I did remember, not just for its messiness, but just how much I miss music in general. Um, I have listened to some of the best music actually in my truck or in my car. And since I don't go anywhere, 
I don't get the opportunity to get my groove on. And now recently I only get my groove on as I basically try to level up and get my swerve on while I'm seated. So, uh, Go Down Day featuring Shaggy and Spice is is just amazing to me. But what is also amazing to me is that she didn't, she got nominated by her management and she lost to some white dudes from Virginia. I just, girl, who knows? They may have gotten it because they got the downloads or the streams and they took that into consideration versus the authenticity and how amazing this album is. But, oh well, it's their loss. I hope BET or NAACP or somebody else recognize it, the music for what it is. But I say all of that to say that this next session of me watching Trash TV, I would not have known that if I had not been watching Love and Hip Hop Miami. And I still am, oh, well, actually, loving hip hop Atlanta because I didn't look it up until I saw the collab between um, Spice and Shaggy and her nomination. And I really hadn't watched a lot of this particular type of trash TV ever until Demetria L. Lucas was mentioning it. I think she did a promo for it on her podcast. And I was like, oh yeah, I had started watching Love and Hip Hop Miami and then I saw uh, when, um, oh, what's her name? Florence and her husband, Marlon, had beef and Sukihana had beef. And it seems like everybody on Love and Hip Hop Miami. Oh, and, and then of course, Nori, of Drink Champs had Patty LaBelle on his show, but he's a great part of this show. I didn't realize until this show that Noriega is actually Af is uh, a black Puerto Rican. Um, is it his last name is Santiago? His wife is Cuban. He's the quintessential Latino man, and it's crazy. But that and figuring out who Amora Black is that and figuring out who Florence is and just missing the vibe in the music that define my whole existence when I was in Florida, getting into reggaeton and going to Firestone, um, dancing all night and then driving back to Gainesville in the morning and knowing that this is, what is this, Taco Tuesday or Tequila Tuesday, and how I had to take a midday Pepsi because freaking I have all of these hot peppers that I can hardly eat without having to pre-medicate myself. And that is the flavor of the Latino, Latino, Latino culture that I know. And it surrounds the food, but it also has a lot to do with the music and how happy I felt listening to this particular star. And I'm glad she actually is on Love and Hip Hop Atlanta and Spice because listen to this one. This is Sexercise by her and Jugglers. I don't know what you've been told. I don't know what you've been told. Exercise good for your boom boom. Oh, exercise. 
So if you get to discover uh, music or good music, if that is your taste, one, you got to watch Love and Hip Hop. Um, and it's messier because all the private stuff is messy and I want them to delete us from the group text. But if you actually subscribe and watch this mess, you are going to be part of the group text. If I could just get around all of that and just focus on the music like candy music on um real house of how uh, real house of atlanta real housewives of atlanta atlanta and um all of the great musicians and artists that are on the love and hip-hop series i have a big question mark about love and hip-hop hollywood because california people or the west coast in general these people christ i'm just saying but just the interaction and how the small village that composes these group of artists and and it just makes for messiness. Nobody has control of their hormones and they all are acting like horny teenagers. And I'm gonna have to watch the latest episode of Hollywood um, and then I'm going to have to watch, I'm gonna, cause I need to add, more trashy TV to my repertoire as I eat Pepsi and drink martinis and mar um, tequila. I actually ordered this stuff from Amazon and since they're not paying me advertisement, but mixing it with Lunazool, I feel that I would be a great person to talk about advertisement if you want me to talk about your booze as well as mixers because that was a great um, combination uh, for my Taco Tuesday or I should call it uh, Taco Tuesdays um, or Latina Tuesday because I actually had um, nachos. Um, I think I would make a great addition um as far as advertisement goes um i love to eat i love great food and i believe that um tequila actually accentuates the heat of uh, uh latina inspired food i'm just saying oh there are four episodes la la land this is season one, but I think they are definitely, this is 2017. And I think they've come out, maybe they went off air for a while and then they came back. Why are there no new shows? But I thought I could have swore maybe it is coming back uh, eventually. Let's see, there's extras, and I think it's supposed to come back. It's supposed to come back like this year. Maybe it's going to come back um, on the 29th, like everything else but that's the other thing i realized that a lot of the women or grandmothers or mothers in this series um especially on miami like the mothers 
or grandmothers themselves are like my age. And they all are wanting to live. It just seems to me that they all are living vicariously through their kids and their fame. So they got the lace fronts, they got the nails, but they are not the quintessential big mamas like back in the day. They all have their own issues and they all are messed up. And it's like, how are they, um, how are they supposed to support these mega stars when they themselves are broken? That's one of the things I noticed. I'm like, why are all of the grandmama and grandfathers in them flyer or just as fly as their kids? And why are they grandmothers and they all have their kids young and then their kids have kids young and they have to deal with the pressure of fame and all of this money when they have never had to manage that kind of business successfully or any of those things. That's why like people like Little Scrappy and um, uh, Ace Hood's mom, you know, it's just, it's very, just very disconcerting when you watch um these shows because what I see is a lot of people that need to do the work. I'm very proud of Ace Hood and his weird wife doing the work, even though they still have more work to do. Um, and I look at, there's one of the star, Kirk and his wife, and how she had a fallen out with her father. Um, he lived in Ohio or somewhere and she and Kirk have very successful businesses in, in Atlanta and he basically is still acting like she never invited him to Atlanta he was always on something or always wanted to do something and she keep reaching out and they had this huge argument when she basically told him to kiss her behind and hung up on him because he came at her crazy and they didn't have a relationship she they never, she grew up without him. They moved to Atlanta. He reached out, but every time she would invite him up there, there was always, it was like he, he was almost catfishing her, but he wasn't because that was her real, her biological father. But it was like, he still dependent, was still dependent on her to basically crawl after him and make space for him when he was, He's the father, He and she's the kid. It doesn't matter that she's grown now, but why does she still have to make that extra effort? Why did she have to bend to his every whim just because he is her biological, because they share a genetic code? And I find it, it was, to me, it was interesting because as I'm still dealing with my own lack of relationship and estrangement from mine but Kirk said something profound he was like you know you trying to make him responsible for you want him to be something that he can't be and sometimes you got to move on and just keep it pushing and it doesn't really matter the thing that bu bugs me is I never will have the chance to do that because my father is no longer here but watching her go through this and them arguing back and forth, it, and it just seemed to be such a waste, but she still had to process it all for a reason 
um, because time is short. She doesn't want to get into my position where she has these unresolved feelings and anxiety and a lot of things that you want somebody to answer for or to be responsible for, but they're no longer here. And they're no, and even if they were here, it's not like they would apologize for any of that crap either. Some things just gotta let go. And the letting go is the issue. And that relationship, out of all of this, that is what I look at and I'm, I find, and myself I find fascinating and, and still being able to work through. And how to let it go, get it out, and how to let it go, and you wanted somebody to be something that they weren't, and you put that pressure on them, and it was just stupid because they couldn't, they just couldn't be. And that has to be okay, because if that person is no longer here, it has to be okay. And even for the living, you got to basically come to terms for what people are and what their actual relationship to you are is and don't hold things against them if they can't if they were never pour into that defect and you keep waiting for them to be that either you accept and keep it pushing but you don't have to keep also being hurt by them or disappointed and get them giving you something that they have no capability of giving you Sometimes you got to just let stuff go for that reason. And why continue to get mad and hold somebody responsible for things that they obviously have a deficiency for? That's not fair. And that test they'll never, that test they will never be able to pass because you're putting undue pressure or undue expectations and your and your disappointment can be unfounded so you basically have to say this is what they don't have they can't give it to me cool even though you would want them to be but also you have to come to acceptance that they can never be what they don't have they can't give you what they don't have and that's that's facts right there and that's deep i think and I'm going to end this with a kind of a side eye homage to Trashy Podcast. I listen to consistently several different podcasts. I recently started listening to the one from Accra. Um, and I just was in my car when I, down, when I started streaming um, Demetri L. Lucas's podcast. Um, she was published she published that podcast from Ghana this is a well-known podcaster who has com basically social commentary on pop culture and black culture and she recently moved her life left LA and moved to Ghana put her stuff in storage in her parents house gave her truck her jeep to her father and she's like deuces to the United States for a minute and she had just gotten to the point in the podcast where she was speaking about her reasons for moving. And I know she's talked about this multiple times. Um, and her reasons for moving had a lot to do with what was going on in pop culture and just African Americans in general here in the United States. And 
I left it at the point where she basically had made a comment on was it basically being around black people and reconnecting with our African past. She read a message from a friend on WhatsApp and it, the friend was who is from Ghana and is in Ghana was like, welcome home. And she's made no, her father worked in government for years. I think her mother was a teacher and she's lived in the DC area all her life. But I can, I think, and she was educated, I think at the University of Maryland and then on to NYU. She had friends at Howard and other HBCUs, but it's her journey and the black guy who tips journey is why I have become more interested in exploring a possibility and following her and Stevie Wonder back to the motherland. You know, taking some time to be around people that look like you and understand you and get it and still have some of the great amenities of the United States. You know, don't get me wrong. I love being, I don't think I'll, I'm hopeful I'll never have to be in a position to give up my um, my citizenship, but it is hard being African-American and educated in this country now because we got a whole bunch of white folks that are in power that basically are saying, we don't care even if you have this education or degrees or whatever. You still only a black girl, nappy-headed black girl from Virginia. I'm tired of explaining why I feel so uncomfortable here. I'm tired of explaining my want and need and being and having to feel okay that I want to surround myself with people that look like me and get me and I don't have to explain the discomfort and the uneasiness of navigating in this American life. You know, I say all of that to say is because Live from Accra and her journey to Ghana is one of the reasons why I'm exploring that need. And I'm having such a difficulty feeling that I have to be, why do I have to be open and and I have to be friends with everybody when I really don't feel like I have to be friends with everybody. There's so much I want to enjoy, but I know what my desire is. I would love to do it with people that look like me, but I don't want to meet anybody. I'm tired of talking. <laughs> I, I know I can't have it both ways. I blame the chumpers uh, for this all the time. I can't have it both ways. I can't say I, I want to be around people, but then I don't like people, so I don't want to. I don't invite myself. I don't go any place, and I don't. I'm not going to do the apps. I'm not going to go to restaurants. I'm going to figure out how I'm going to order food from all these great restaurants. And it's really hard being in Chattanooga when I don't like anybody, because I'm not going to go to some closed place and get the Rona or monkeypox because y'all nasty. But that's how I roll. And in all honesty, I'm still annoyed that I have to explain that to people. So how I 
relate and explore different cultures, but in particular, my own culture is through food. I cook and I post on Instagram. My Tenfro is reading uh, Instagram feed and TV food and wine. And I look and I watch all of this Tracy TV uh, about the quintessential black experience. Some of this stuff is way out to the left field, but it's hilarious to me because at least it's not me and my family. You know, and I can sit and have comments and it has nothing to do with the Baxters, Wiggins and of it all. You know what I mean? And I'm going to suggest not only do you listen to The Black Guy Who Tips or Ratchet and Respectable by Demetra L. Lucas, but also Carisha Please, one of the real city girls she actually did that interview with Kevin Gates and she has invited her groupmate JT as far as uh, their experience as city girls. They are a rap group, girl rap group from Miami. And of course they are messy. We talking about crazy late fonts. We talking about body piercings. We talking about lip smacking. They talking about sex. This is the kind of head, this is kind of podcast episode. Please do not listen to, if you outside of your house, do not listen to without a headset. And if you live in a quiet neighborhood, please don't put this on the surround sound so your neighbors can hear the what they talking about. They're talking about deep throating, swallowing. It's crazy. But the host, Carisha, who is Dave Dayton Diddy or Love or whatever his name is, uh, is uh, interviewing her bandmate who did do a 15-month stint in jail and who is booed up with somebody. I don't even know who she's booed up with. But... It makes me, it's so funny that I don't think they're on Love and Hip Hop Miami, but they, their messiness, ha, they do have a show actually on HBO Max, and I need to double check because I don't know when it drops. But their, the reality of their life and how they got to where they are in the notoriety is so crazy because in the last episode, I basically was talking about Eve. And Trina, who is on Love and Hip Hop Miami, but she still is grinding and doing a thing. And I'm so late to everything. She and Eve were on Versus, and it was the probably one of the it almost her verses almost broke the internet. And I and I un, can understand why I'm watching it a whole year and two months later. But I hope you navigate to Dale's Angels Inc. blog and you listen to look at that for yourself. And you also look at this current interview of these young women. I don't think either one of these girls are over 30 years old and they have their life in Miami and the stuff that they have lived through and done to themselves in the age of social media is some of the craziest stuff only from reality TV. And it kills me that they did not capitalize it the same way as the untalented Kardashians are. Kardashians are just known and renowned for plastic surgery when these women and men are basically 
actually are very talented. They're just known for how many fillers that they can put in their lips and their butt. And they change the configuration of their Lebanese faces. These women, with all the trashiness and lip smacking, are still so much more talented than that family. But they were allowed to cash in on it when the originals are right in um, Little Haiti and right downtown Miami. It's crazy to me. Um, I said, listen to it at your own risk. And you will enjoy it just as much as I enjoy commenting on it, um, their experiences. And they, again, are not even 30. It's crazy, y'all. And I'm still navigating back um, to my um, iTunes account because I can truly say there, I can't point to a City Girls album or song, you know, that, and, and it wasn't until recently that I even knew who these young women were. Oh, there is a good love featuring Usher, who is old. That's kind of, and <laughs> they actually have a Caribbean music vibe. They actually teamed up with Cardi B back in 2018. But this good love kind of thing that looks a little pedophilish, I'm gonna have to listen to that. I do know this. This is twerk. Okay, yes, I do know this song. And I do know, I think I may have heard it on P Valley which I'm going to talk to in my next episode about a whole episode just dedicated to nursing shenanigans as well as um, as also dedicated not only to P-Valley shenanigans but in nursing shenanigans but also breaking down this last episode or the season finale of P-Valley. But I do know, I think I've heard this before, and this is collab with City Girl on City Co from 2018 featuring Cardi B. They released a single just this past year, last album, City Unlock in 2020. And I think that must have been released right after um, JT was released from jail for assault, that assault charge she picked up. So enjoy this as I am. I wanted to end my broadcast or this recording with just some fresh beats and a, as a reminder for us to be kind to ourselves, be kind to our minds, and keep creating. I mean, there's just so much horrible things and mean things going on in the world, and this is not goodbye. This is just until we meet again or until I record and drop another episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I've enjoyed creating it. Check me out on social media, T 
Tenfro is reading on Instagram, TV Food Wine Girl on Twitter, and Tenfro is reading the book club. I hope to get into a better state of mind as we recover as a nation from just the tragic happenstance of the last several weeks. And again, I admonish you to be kind to yourself and be kind to others. Be the action that you want to be. If you want kindness, give kindness, exude kindness, and just love yourself and love others. And again, thank you for listening. Mike Beats.